Welcome everyone to the start of her daily drive for 2018. I can't believe we're already in February. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Where the heck is the original theme song? Well, as most of you know, I don't get paid for doing this podcast. My husband and I actually pay to keep it up and running. And that includes the old song. But this is a new tune that was made by our creative pastor and friend, Craig, just for HDD. And I personally love knowing it's an original track that was solely created for her daily drive. So huge shout out to Craig and thanks for doing this. And don't worry, give it time. You'll be back humming along just like before. It's quite addictive. I also wanted to say thank you so much for your patience over these past three months as I've taken a break from her daily drive. I've been blown away these past two years with how many women are open to sharing. On that note, if you ever think of someone you know who has a great story to share, please feel free to volunteer them by sending me an email to herdailydrive at gmail.com. You know, episode number 53 was exactly this, a woman who thought her friend's story needed to be told. And as a result, hundreds of listeners have benefited from hearing Beck's inspiring story on being kind to yourself. So to kickstart her daily drive, today's interview is called Wielding Your Call. Let's get started. Today we're speaking to Katie, who is a worshipping communications pastor at an awesome church in Adelaide. She's been up visiting our church on the Gold Coast and preached an amazing message last night. She's a great communicator, and I feel very lucky to have her on her daily drive. So welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me. What are three go-to essentials that you have been loving lately? For Christmas, my husband bought me this thing called Pu'er Tea. My husband is obsessed with Tim Ferriss and all the like body experiments he does. And there's this tea called Pu'er Tea, and my sons call it Poo Poo Tea, and it's <laughs> so full of antioxidants and it helps you sleep and it helps you get rid of, and I just drink it by the bucket load at the moment. My second thing is my Costco membership. I've just been given one and I just am obsessed with buying their roasted nuts and in bulk. I don't need them in bulk but that's what I'm doing. And also my Kindle. I bought a Kindle recently and I just love having thousands of books and knowledge and learning at my fingertips and I recently did a 21 day television fast so that I could pray and I did more praying but I read more and it's just changed everything so now I read every night instead of binge watching on Netflix. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey so far? My journey so far, well, I'm a devoted mother of two beautiful sons, Isaac and Samuel, who are two and three. I've been married to Callum for eight years, and he is the love of my life and my best friend. I have a background in journalism and communications media strategy, and so I've worked in magazines, and then I moved into PR, where I worked in uh, for corporate, doing a lot of brand management, profile management, crisis management, oh my goodness for sort of governments, for private businesses and things like that. Really felt a calling into ministry and was kind of simultaneously working as a pastor and working full-time until I had my children and now I work part-time as a pastor. I freelance as a consultant and I'm a full-time mum. What topic are you going to share with us today? I want to talk today about wielding your calling. Mm. It's something that um, I started to really fire up about around sort of November, December. And it was almost like this. I felt God just start to stir up in me a new mindfulness about what actually is deposited in us by God, from God, and for the kingdom of God. And I I had realized how I had sort of excused myself from impact and I had sort of diminished my perception was that I wasn't able to because I was a busy mom. I wasn't able to because I only work part-time. I wasn't able to because... Uh, For whatever reason, you know, I was too old, I was too this, I was too tired, oh my gosh, too tired. And I just felt God say, you're not just saved, you're called. 
and you're not just called, but you, the calling is, is nothing until it's wielded and it's actually a weapon. Mm. And it's a weapon that I've designed to, you know, yeah, to do some good in the best sort of, yeah, in the best sense. And so, um, so it's something I've been thinking about and reading about and preaching into and I'm really fired up about it. Why is it particularly important for us to actually realize this and talk about it in today's society? Because for that very fact that I think we are so overscheduled, we are so convinced of our own importance. We make an idol of our busyness. We make an idol of our tiredness. And we've kind of got this weird, almost like a hangover from this Protestant work ethic that unless we're busier, unless our children are run off their feet doing 7,000 things every week, unless we're doing X, Y, and Z, keeping perfect houses, doing this, that, and the other, we do that in a way that excuses us on some levels from actually sitting with God and saying, God, what is next and who is next and how would you like me to order and, and architect my days in a way that, that wields this calling beautifully. Mm. And not in a sense, like none of those things, like being busy is fine. Having a job is fine. All of those things are wonderful things. But I found in my own life that I was slotting, slotting my calling in around all these other things that I wasn't entirely sure how to, how to manage or how to add value in because I was just, I was tired and I had children and I never got a minute to myself. And, you know, if I put pants on in the morning, that was like a win for me. So I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not a weapon I'm just a tired slightly overweight mother of two (laughs) who can't remember to put pants on but I think that um, in our culture especially in Australia we run the risk of making an idol out of convenience making an idol out of busyness and just in terms of nobody wants to get too full of themselves and and so I think we can play down especially in Australia in a tall poppy syndrome we play down and we diminish the power of what God's deposited in us because we can't imagine a context in which that can be expressed with all the other job balls that we're juggling in the Mm. air. What's your personal experience that you've had kind of with wielding your calling? Mine came out of a moment. I was actually in November, I went to the Hillsong Worship and Creative Conference and it was a really special time for me because it was three days in an environment of worship and learning and full nights of sleep because my kids weren't there, praise God. And so all of a sudden I just had nothing except for to sit and listen and learn and be with God and ask questions and have these beautiful life-giving conversations. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, you need to actually be okay with being a pastor because I was like, oh, I work part-time or I'm a mom, you know, I, you know, lots of other people are amazing. I just help out where I can. I'm just part of the team. All of that is true. But in doing that, God was like, you know, you're making what I've asked you to do Mm -hmm. smaller because partly because I didn't want to seem like I had a massive ego and partly because I didn't know how to allow the fullness of what God was called. I, I was scared of what I felt God was calling in me. And I wasn't just scared of what he was calling me to do. I think I realized I was scared of what was in me. And if I actually truly sort of said, you know what, I actually believe that there is something huge in me and I don't know what to do with that. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to express that without seeming arrogant or, um, you know, and, or God forbid, like I, you know, <laughs> I think that I can do this thing that everyone's like, yeah, no, <laughs> actually that's no honey. That's not, you know? And so, and all of that. And it was almost like the Holy spirit just grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and was like, you need to step into this calling and stop apologizing for the gifts and the grace mm-hmm. and the charism that is unique to your life. Because 
this is your such a time as this. This is for now. And so you need to rise up to it. You are a pastor. You are a worshiper. You are a communicator. You are a leader. You are all these things. And I'm like, whoa, 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 chill out. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I work part time, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, this is what's happening. And away we go. And then from that, I just had this moment in the conference. We were in a worship session where God just, just started stirring up the fight in me and stirring up and stirring it up and stirring it up and says, you let this go. Let's let this beast unleash you because you're a weapon and I want to unleash you. But you keep subbing yourself out um, mm. for all very valid, wonderful, socially acceptable reasons. But at the end of the day, you're saved and called and we have a responsibility to honor both. So that was kind of my moment. What do you think God's perspective is on wanting us to wield our calling? One of the beautiful things about about finding God and finding Jesus is that you find the reason that you draw breath in the morning. It's so important that we have these conversations and that we actually permission a culture where it's just like, how can I draw the God, you know, the God mm. colors out of you. Like I see that at the new life thing, you were here mm. to draw the God colors out of the world. Well, it's like, well, what's my responsibility? Not just to myself, but to the wider body of Christ, to my brothers and sisters, my fellow workers in ministry. How can I draw that out of you? How can we create a culture which permissions people to wield their calling? And not just that, but to grow in this skill, because it's one thing to be called, but we also need to take responsibility for our skill and our growth and our development. And so I think that, that God is actually, and it's, it's a conversation that I kind of sort of vaguely hear the echoes of around the places that I go and I speak and I minister and the people that I talk to, because we're in the fight. We're in, and you know, we're fighting for Jesus, and we are fighting for culture, and we are fighting for well-being, and all of these things find the most beautiful expression in God. And so I feel like. I can't remember the question exactly, but I'm just going to talk. Just God. God's perspective, yeah. Yeah, God's perspective on this is that if, and, until we actually start, it's one thing to be given a sword. Mm. It's one thing, but it's another thing to pick it up and, and start to wield it. You mm. know, it's one thing to be great at something. It's another thing to pick that up and use it in the service of the kingdom of God. And, and I think sometimes we kind of go, oh, I only pick this sword up on Sundays or mm. I only do this when I've got time. I'll slot in my, my, you know, my sword time in between my this and my that. And sometimes in some seasons of life that's okay so long as the um as long as we are, are rooted and established in the fact that we are saved and called for our purpose and that is the priority you know mm. god's perspective on this is that he wants his church he wants his people he wants especially his daughters to pick up that sword and have it as it's like you know we wear earrings every day it's like this is like your spiritual earring sure it's heavy but gee it looks great it's our spiritual bling it's our spiritual capability and it's ordained like it's from God and it's in us, you know, the same God who deposited the Holy Spirit in us, you know, that Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, that Holy Spirit that turned the loaves and fishes to feed the five. It's in us. Mm. And until we grab hold of that, we lay hold of that and actually start to go, what would it look like if I just started going crazy with this? What if it looked, what would it look like if I allowed my faith to rise to the purpose that God has for this moment, not just what I think I can, I can achieve or I can control or I can even understand, you know? So I feel like once we lay our, get our heads around that, that's when things will start to change. Katie, what Bible verses have inspired you along this whole journey? My absolute go-to verse of my life is, well, actually there's two, but I'll share this one, um, is Ephesians 3.20. For now unto him who is able, and like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it now, because if I actually, if, if you give yourself permission as a Christian to actually just stop 
and breathe in, breathe out, and actually mindfully, gosh, I sound like Oprah, um, (laughs) but like just be mindful of the truth that we're reading in the Bible. Now unto him who is able, he is able, who is able not only, but able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us, Ephesians 3.20. I mean, I find that such a life-giving verse. I find it such a releasing verse because all of a sudden it's not necessarily dependent so much on me. All I have to be faithful to do is give God the space in my life, mm-hmm. create the real estate that God can occupy, you know, to, to create room for God to move, to create room for that Holy Spirit to do something that is immeasurably more, something that I couldn't even think of myself. And I find that incredibly freeing. In, in some ways incredibly intimidating, but like, I just feel like, well, I got one shot at this, so let's rock and roll. Like mm. if I just gave God some room, if I didn't try to control everything, if I didn't try to make everything present how I think people want it to look, which I think is a trap that we can really fall into, especially if you're in ministry or a platform ministry, you're just so, yeah. But now unto him who is able, God is able, he is able, he is able to do it, which means that my faith can rise to that and I can rest in that and I can get excited by that. I just find that super energizing. So yeah, Second Timothy 1 and verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear is not from God. So that intimidation, that smallness, that diminishing, that is not from God. But God has given us a spirit of power the power that makes us able to do immeasurably more by his spirit that is at work within us, a power and of love and of self-discipline, self-control, you know. Um, and in some translations, it says it's a sound mind. And I've struggled with, with um, depression and anxiety over the years. I had postnatal depression and anxiety. And I just rested on that because I'm like, I know that God has given me this. Circumstances may have beaten it down within me, but it, the fact remains that it's the gift of God to my life. And so I sort of rebuilt my world around that and got all the help that I needed to get to that place of strength and resilience and and mindfulness so that I know what to do now when I start to get a little bit wobbly Mm. but I think you know understanding that what has been given to us is real and what has been given to us is effective and probably the other verse as well 2nd Corinthians 10 verses 5 to 7 in the message translation it's so beautiful it says that we use these powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies so if I'm wielding my calling we use these powerful God tools, gifts of God on high to us for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God and fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. And I, I find that just, you know, so galvanizing, like that's what it's supposed to do. I have these tools, God's given me these things so that I can smash and tear down anything that that stands against the truth of God you know and it also enables me to fit every loose wayward thought and emotion and thought and impulse and oh my goodness inside my brain is like a zoo sometimes but I know that it's the gifts of God that enable me to fit them into a structure of life shaped by Jesus Christ I don't need to fight them I need to funnel them towards Jesus and into the life that 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 he gifts us into the structures that he gives us into the patterns and the rhythms of grace that he gives us in order to make us effective in wielding that calling one of the things I think about a lot often in in our culture I find that that people are very content and I know this because it's true for myself I'm not going people out there (laughs) but like we can often be very content to just we get our salvation like yes we're gifted and graced by God and God's doing such amazing things in me and in my family and we can let it stop 
there because it's that's enough and we're so busy with all these other great things that we can kind of lose that that hunger and that drive to see that in other people you know it's almost like that evangelism not only for the gospel but for what it means to be saved Mm -hmm. into a calling to what it means to to steward your life um, as a servant of this incredible message god gives us these incredible gifts but until we wield them they're not effective you know god puts this incredible opportunity and potential in us but only we can live up to it you know Mm. god can't do that for us he gives us so much but we've got to meet him and that's where you know that sort of discipline and the routine and finding a way of living a bunch of my friends in the uk decided to go from full-time work to part-time work because they wanted to build more margin in their lives for serving the poor and the vulnerable and uh, slowing down so they could do more ministry. So that came at financial cost. So some of them moved in together. They bought big houses yeah. and moved their families in together. And then they were able to live a slower, more intentional, more present life. And I know that's not for everyone, but I was very inspired and challenged by that, that they were willing to forego the dream of the white picket fence and quote-unquote success as the mm. world would see it so they could have more room and more energy to serve the mission, the kingdom of heaven. I think that's beautiful. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? This is what I would say, is that when you are tired, you are still called. And when you are tired, God is still able. When you have self-doubt, self-loathing and insecurity, you are still called and God is still able. And This is the thing I would say, you know, God is good all the time. He never changes. He is able, which means that when you're having those days where you feel stuck and you're having those times where you can't see the next way ahead and things are tricky at home and you're not vibing with your partner and you're not Mm -hmm. sure what the next step is, God is good, which means he is kind, which means we can lean into that. We can trust that and we can find, you know, it's almost like oxygen for the soul to just sit and go, God show me again what I need to understand in this moment. You know, show me your ability in this moment. God is so, so, so pleased to prove his faithfulness. I love that song from Elevation Worship. I will look up and it says, you know, and my my dad recently was diagnosed with a incurable, unbeatable cancer. And he was given six months to live. No one had ever survived this cancer. And um, and I listened to this song and the chorus goes, I will look up and see that you are faithful. I, I will look up and see that you are able. I will look back and see that you are faithful. And it just was such a life-giving you know, worshipful moment in in that season where I just realized that God is just so pleased to prove his faithfulness. And when things are impossible and when things are hard and when things are mundane, he's in there and he's Mm. good. And when we lean into that, we find that source of strength and we can start to fire up again and pick up that sword and wield it and do some damage because we're saved and called to do that in Jesus name. Mm. Katie, thank you so much for chatting to us today on the podcast. It's great to be encouraged and inspired to wield the calling God has actually given us in our lives. It's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Her Daily Drive. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.